Spirit of God, we commit ourselves into your hands. We pray, Father, that you bless us through the preaching and teaching of your word. May our lives never be the same again. In Jesus' precious name, everybody say a big amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. And kindly take your seat. Hallelujah. Life is a journey. Tell somebody life is a journey. And most of the time when you are traveling, especially abroad on an aircraft, you have limited weights. And if the, the flight, they give you a certain limited weight. And if you go beyond that, you will be expected to pay extra luggage fare. So the we call it excess luggage, and the excess luggage can be pretty expensive, and uh, it will cost you money, it costs you time, and then also the frustrations that you go through before you can board your flights. Life they say it's a journey and there's one thing that can slow you down and weigh heavily on you and what weighs heavily on you down is called offense so it's say offense now offense is mostly affected you know by our relationships one important area that is mostly affected by offense is relationships. So, anytime you hear the word offense, you must hear the next word should be relationship destroyer. Offense is a relationship breaker and a commitment destroyer. When you are in a relationship and you are offended with your husband or your wife, or your friends it breaks the relationship and it affects the commitment to it so whatever you are committed to doing for your friend or your partner it affects it and whenever you are offended you initiate acts or behaviors which damage those who are closely related to you so when you see a person who is offended the person initiates acts that causes damage in the relationship. Amen? Good. So, whether it's in the home, in the church, or wherever, so the underlying factor is that offense destroys commitment. Say it after me. Offense destroys commitment. So, offense is a relationship breaker. Write it in capitals. Offense is a relationship breaker and a commitment destroyer. 
So when you are offended with your beloved, realize that you can break the relationship. It, can, it destroys the commitments. It destroys the love. The word offense has its etymology from the Greek word scandalon. And out of, that, out of which word we have the word scandal. And it means a trap or a snare. So the moment you hear the word offense or you, you hear a word offense, that means there's a trap. So anytime that you are offended by something, it means that there's a trap. Amen. Then the other word for offense from the Greek is proskoma. And the word proskoma means to stumble or stagger or to dash one's foot against an object or an obstacle which ordinarily shouldn't have been in the way. So something that shouldn't have been in the way, which is in the way that you dash your foot against and it creates a stumble. Is that right? Yeah. It causes you to stumble or stagger. And when you are not able to balance yourself well, you will fall. So, put simply, it means that offense is something that Satan puts away, number one, as a trap. Yeah? He puts a bait your way to trap you so that you will become imprisoned. And number two, it is also a relationship breaker and destroyer of commitment and it is assigned to let you fall. Yeah. It is assigned to let you fall. Always know that the devil is a thief. He's, he's a destroyer of homes. John 10, 10 he says that he comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So, what is offense? Offense is when someone feels his rights and comfort zone has been infringed upon. So when your right or comfort zone has been infringed upon. And oftentimes, you get offended with people who are emotionally bonded to you or you are emotionally bonded to something. If you are not emotionally connected to something, you don't get it. You don't, nothing happens to you. If the Akufano says he has removed one minister from, from government, well, country broke, country no broke, it no touch you. Because the person is not related to you. But if the person is related to you, then you can get offended. That, ah, this is my uncle, this is my brother, what he has invested, and now they have moved the person. Are you getting me? So offense, usually, when you are getting offended at something, it means that there is an emotional bonding or attachment to the thing. Are you following me? Good. I want to take my time so that you can understand what I'm teaching. Amen? So, I said, offense is when you feel your privacy has been violated or somebody has intruded into your comfort zone. Now, if you are there in your house and somebody just bumps, comes into your house, especially if it's a gated premise, you say, hey, what are you doing here? Is that not it? So you feel that what? Somebody has invaded your privacy. And uh, you would want to drive the person out if it's possible to do so. Amen. 
So, and a lot of things leads to offenses. Either our actions or inactions, emotions, words, or speech, and even perceptions, they lead to offenses. So, your action, what you did, your inactions, what you are expected to do that you didn't do. Is that right? Yeah. And then sometimes your words, words, what somebody said, the way he said it, and even perceptions. So when you feel wrong by someone's utterances, <laughs> it is because of what the person said, the tone the person might have used, and uh, that can trigger offenses. Now, what, are, what is it that causes, what are the stages of offenses? What is it that causes, we say that somebody is offended. First, it starts with hurt. Somebody say hurt. You, now, hurt is an emotional displeasure which is incurred due to an unmet expectation. So you are hurt when your, your expectations are not met. So there is an emotional displeasure. You are, there's, there's a displeasure in your emotions because you're expecting something to be done for you. You're expecting your friend to have visited you. You're expecting your friend to call you. There are people that sometimes in their birthdays, people, you, some people may not wish them birthdays on the, on the platform. And that's it. They get hurt. Are you getting me? My birthday. You, are, are you guys part of me? I thought I was part of the group. And my birthday, you didn't, you know, nobody WhatsApp me. Nobody wrote on a page or whatever. Why? Because there is an emotional displeasure. Are you getting me? Yeah. So the person gets hurt or feels hurt. Now, hurt is a personal thing. What? And it depends on the sensitivity of people to various things and their emotional bonding. For some of us who are coming from wherever, Fanchinuko, whatever, hey, birthday, you, sometimes you have even forgotten that it's your birthday. Yeah, it's a birthday. We thank the Lord. We are alive. And we keep going. Yeah. You know, but for some people, birthdays, and especially if you are married or you have a beloved, it means you must remember the birthday. Yeah, especially the ladies. You must remember their birthday. In fact, when the beginning of the month of the birthday, you must begin to rehearse it. On this day, it's her birthday. Her birthday. Her birthday. Her birthday. And you must write. Birthday Lodi. Birthday Lodi. Our birthday is coming. Be- to, to just remind yourself. Yeah. Count down to the birthday. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, you can forget. Especially if you are coming from some certain kind of background. Where birthday. And you see, you see, there are times you don't have to fault people. Because they are coming from backgrounds that they don't do those things. Birthday. What is Birthday. Even the normal cake cry is a problem. Then you are talking about birthday, birthday cake, and all those kind of things. It is not there. Are you getting me? Yeah. So it's it's not there. Let's see. But for some somebody, it's a big issue. So you didn't post something on the on the page for me or whatever. Or I, I suspected that when you saw me, you should have greeted me or hugged me or done this, and you didn't do it. So there's a hit. Now, when the hurt is not dealt with, it leads to anger. 
So people begin to, people get angry. So they see you and you can see that. And the anger can lead to rage and fury. So they are furious. When you show them, you say, oh, don't mind them. Anger. And when the anger is not dealt with, when the anger is not dealt with, it leads to withdrawal. So anytime that you are, you are hurt, let somebody, you see, when you are hurt with somebody and you don't let the person know it, you will end up withdrawing. And the key thing is that I told you that offense is a trap. When you happen to hit your leg against something, whatever created a hurt, whatever you felt inflicted a hurt on you, you would want to. What? what? Yeah, you see? What is that? No, no. So, what type of offense here? Proscoma. Is that right? Something that I was not expecting to be in my way, and then I hit my, my leg against it, and it was creating what? Instability. Stumbling. And then it could lead to what? Fall. So you have to learn to balance yourself. Yeah, you have to learn to balance yourself. Yeah. And when you, get, you fall, then the thing you see that, <laughs> the thing is leading to another thing. So, whatever inflicted a hurt to you, if you don't deal with it, it leads to anger and withdrawal because you withdraw yourself from whatever inflicted pain on you. That is why when you are in a relationship and there's something, you don't abuse. Because whether it's verbal abuse or physical abuse, if there's verbal abuse, the person will draw from you. If it's also physical abuse, especially for the guys who slap women, if you slap your wife and you are going to touch your wife, eh, the same hand, it will remind her that it will remind her of pain instead of affection. Amen. That is why normally we don't even beat children with our hands. You beat them with a cane, the rod of correction. Because after you've beaten your child with a hand and then you are going to hold the hand, that hand still reminds a child of the pain. Yeah. So whatever created the sin. Oh, beating that you can beat your children. Take a cane, keep the child. Yeah. But you know, some people get angry. The moment they're angry, hey, they, they, they slap you left and right, they, they kick you all. Oh, no, 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 no. When you do that, you are, not, you are operating out of anger. You are not disciplining the child. Is that right? You are not disciplining the child. You know, you are, you are, just, you are, you are, you are just using your powers uh, to just finish a person up. Okay, so when, the, when there's withdrawal, so watch, watch people. When people withdraw, watch them. Is that right? When people withdraw, it means that they are head somewhere. And unfortunately... For many of us Africans and especially Ghanaians, you know, when we are hurt, we never we never let anybody know. Even when we ask, is everything okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, everything is okay. Uh, but we can be very hypocritical, and we can give some caustic smile. But our daggers are behind us, waiting for the vulnerable moments. Maybe it's not time for me to be able to talk, but you fall into a little somebody, and let somebody make a complaint about you. That is when we'll get into a political stage and I'll come up with whatever. Are you getting what I'm saying? And remember that all of that is a trap to destroy you. And so it leads to bitterness. 
And according to Hebrews chapter is it 15 verse 12, that bitterness, be careful that bitterness springing up will what? Trouble you and defile many. So you see that when a person is bitter, it affects his language, it affects his demeanor, it affects everything around him. And then he will begin to defile others. When people, somebody is bitter against another person, the kind of things he says about the person. Yeah. So when you, you can actually get to know a bitter person by the way the person talks. Yeah. yeah. When somebody is bitter with, about a place or about a person, you will see the way. It's, it's at 12, 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many behold, defile. So anytime somebody is bitter, the person, you know, troubles himself. And a typical example is um, uh, this guy, what's the name? Absalom. Absalom was not happy about the fact that his sister had been raped. So he was hurt. Is that right? And he didn't deal with I mean, he felt his father should have dealt with the situation that his father didn't, had not dealt with it. But you see, if his father had tried to deal with the situation, according to the, the Levitical law at that time, if somebody rapes a sister or rapes somebody, it means that the person must be put to death. So that meant death for his own son. Probably he was trying to work around it, whatever it was. And then this guy gets angry and... He, for two years, he, he says neither good nor bad to his brothers. So what was it? He was, had withdrawn. And then he became bitter. You know, he went on to, into exile. And when he came back, he sent for Joab. And Joab was not even coming. And he went and destroyed Joab's farm. So you see, bitter people are destroyers. Yes. They will destroy. The thing they help to build, the place they are, they, they don't mind destroying the whole place. Because they are bitter. Yeah. And then bitterness, if it is not dealt with, leads to retaliation. He felt his father had not dealt, so he had to now retaliate and kill his brother. So anytime you feel somebody does something that you feel like you have to retaliate, then you have gotten to the stage of eh, 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 you are you are you are in an offensive stage and you have gotten to a very bad stage. The fifth stage. Are you getting me? Yeah. Bitter. You have become bitter. You are bitter. And because of the bitterness, you want to retaliate. And then the retaliation eventually ends up in betrayal. So, when you are bitter and you are offended, then you want to betray the system. You want to betray your friend. You want to. So, things you shared in common. Eh? I always say that in love, people, people give their best. In anger, they give their worst. So the place they used to say all the good things about, in, when they are offended, they say the worst things. When they say, you look very nice. Eh? See, someone will see you when the person says, oh, sister, sister Darling, I like the way your hair, whatever it is. Say, now he say that who's your name? Who's your name? Eh? There's another name. Eh? Eh? You know, there's something. You are, you are carrying the whatever. Keshri, you know, you are carrying the world or whatever. And they can, they, they can make very caustic remarks about you. Is that right? Okay. So, that is how the offense comes. So, the point I'm trying to make is that now, no matter, according to Luke chapter 17, verse 1, 
He says that it is impossible that offense will not come. That means offense are going to come. Some way, somehow, by your interpretation. Is that right? As I'm even moving right now, somebody who is used to a preacher standing at one place say that, can't the man stand at one place? So my movement can be an offense to you. I said, I'm expecting a pastor to wear a suit. Why is he not wearing a suit midweek? It, it, it can be an offense. I hope you are getting me. So your offense can be due to your un, unmet. It starts with an, un, an unmet expectation. And according to uh, uh, Proverbs 13, 12, hope defers make the heart to, to be sick. Okay? And Jesus was saying here that, let's read together, it is impossible but that offenses will come. That means that for every category of relationship, offenses will come. Look at even babies. When babies, they want their breast milk or one food, and mom is now trying to organize her breasts, you know, and remove. Because sometimes she's at a place that she has won all kinds of wonderful things. And she's and then the baby wants that this thing, you know. And as a mother pops out the breast, and the baby slaps the mother. Eh? Haven't you seen some before? Yeah, they slap the mother. You that you are getting my breast milk, you are slapping the breast that you are going to drink. Or slap the face of the mother. I think when your child dies, you two get that you keep it so then we'll continue. Yeah. yeah you can't take yourself. Yeah, don't do that again. Then we can one one draw. Yeah. One day a, a, a pastor was praying for somebody. Certain lady, as we're praying, praying, casa, casa. Then the lady got up and slapped the pastor. Bro, the pastor said, Hey, why this deliverer? Do you slap me? It was okay. You are talking about, yeah, I did it. It's if in any so the, the one, one, one draw. Then he said, You slap me. And he told her, He said, You slap me, I'll slap you back. She, she never slapped him again. Yeah, she never slapped him again. So there are some children, when they slap you, you cane them back. And then we'll continue the program. <laughs> Give the Lord a hand of praise, somebody. Okay, so it's impossible that offenses will come. Is that right? Your teachers will offend you. Your, your, your boss will offend you. Your subordinates will offend you. So get ready and expect offenses. And so if offenses take place in in the various aspects of life. Then when we come to church today, I want to zero in on church. In church also, you will be offended. You will be offended by your group mates. You, you will be offended by choristers. You will be offended by meters and greeters. That's the ashes. And you will be offended even by your pastor. Amen. You'll be, you, and you'll be offended even by the church system that I'm expecting this and that. And remember I told you that offense always starts with what? Hurt. And hurt is where an unmet word, expectation. I'm expecting something and it is not met. Okay. So now, I want to teach on how not to stay hurt. How not to stay hurt. Because the hurt, there you'll be hurt. Amen? Or how not to stay offended. How not to stay hurt in the church how not to stay heads so how to protect yourself so how to protect yourself from staying heads in the church how to protect yourself from staying heads in the church this is a very very important topic you need to take note of now statistics 
show that a great percentage of pe people who stop relating in the church or going to church do so because of some type of injury or offense to their feelings when their feelings have been you know injured when there's an offense so there are people you see they come to church they become cold they initially used to be excited initially they used to sit in front row then you see them move to the middle and then to the back withdrawal symptom they are, they, are, they are withdrawing and it's because they are hurt by one thing or the other you may not be able to stop offensive things from happening because people would always do things which to you is an offense probably to them it may not be anything they didn't mean anything bad is that right yeah it didn't mean anything bad but to them it's an to you it's an offense but thank god that god has given us certain principles that you can apply to stop you from being hurt eh? yeah you see sometimes you are there and you hit your leg against something and blood starts oozing out but God also has created a mechanism to, to stop the blood flow. Is that right? From staying, from, from continuous hemorrhage. So, in the same way, spiritually too, God has given us certain things that we can do in order to stop being hurt. Mm. Nobody can. After the hurt, you may be hurt. But to, to stay being hurt is different. Are you getting the difference? Good. In Psalm 119 verse 165, the Bible says, Great peace have they which love your law, and nothing shall offend them. Psalm 119 verse 165. Let's read together. Great peace have they which love your law, and nothing shall offend them. So that means that when you love the Lord, so the key to not being offended is what? When you love the Lord. When your great love for the Lord helps you not to get offended. You, it may start with the head, but the head can be dealt with. Amen. In Isaiah 26, 3, the Bible says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. When your mind is stayed on God, you will be kept in perfect peace. This week, may you be kept in perfect peace. Because your mind is stayed on him. And stayed on him means that your mind is stayed on his word. And that you trust in him. Hallelujah. So let's look at a number of things that we can do to protect ourselves. Yeah. What are the protective devices that you can have so that in case you get hurt, you don't stay being hurt to destroy you. Because remember that the offense starts with what? Hurt. Is that right? And if you don't deal with the offense, then so, so the hurt, it will grow into anger. The anger now changes because you now to withdraw. And when you withdraw, the withdrawal now gets into a, a state where you can now become bitter. And when you are bitter, then you are going to trouble yourself and defile many. And then the bitterness would then lose. Once you are bitter, you want to retaliate. Are you getting me? Yeah, I read a story of a boxer who was very ferocious in the ring. 
and he was always battering his enemies, I mean, his opponents. And he was asked how come he could fight like that. And the journalists were expecting that, you know, he was going to say he trained very well and cool. Then he said that when you were young, the, the father left the house and they, they, uh, they were at the mercy of their mother, everything. I mean, like, they went through a lot of suffering. So he was very angry with the father and became bitter with the father. So he was actually angry with men. To the extent that any time that he sees, he sees, uh, uh, he, he gets an opponent in the ring, he's, he pictures his father. And he, he, try, he, 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 he just beats that guy up like he's beating his father. Yes, yeah. So sometimes you see that people can treat you in a particular way. It's not because of you, but they're angry with somebody or something. Amen. Yeah. When I was in secondary school, there was this very intelligent guy and one day I was chatting with him and he told me I don't like women. And it's very unusual for boys not to like women because boys like girls generally. They like mothers. But in his case, the mother also left them. You know, and when a mother leaves a, 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 a child, then it's, 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 it's very, very bad. Yeah. Sometimes the, the, the children can you know, manage it when daddy is not there, but not when mommy is not there. Yeah. And so the guy was very, very upset. So he didn't want to have anything to do with women. Yeah. I tried that maybe later on in life, something happened. He became a doctor actually, medical. So I'm wondering how I was going to treat. So if, you, if, he, if he had not, he has not been able to overcome that. And let this go to his consulting room. Yeah. So you see, you see sometimes some people, they exhibit some things, and it's because of what? A root of bitterness. Every bitterness has a root. There's a remote cause. Why they act in a particular way. And that is why the moment you get hurt, make sure that the, that hurt is healed because it's going to affect you. It will trouble you and defile many. It doesn't, it's, it's not just only your problem. It's going to affect others. Amen. I've come to realize something. That most guys who don't stay with their fathers, hmm, or even if they stay with their fathers in the house, their fathers don't have a strong voice over them to direct them. And, and, and if they are pampered also by their mothers, maybe the, when the man is strange, oh, oh, no, 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 the, the, the kids, the families are also, they, and they get sports. And later on, even when they go to Go, they go and find work or they go to other places and they have a boss who is a man who tries to correct them or say something, they get agitated. Yes. And I've seen that a lot in the church as well over the years. Yeah. When guys don't, you know, when they are not under the strong voice of a man, <laughs> they, they easily get offended with men. Yeah. They easily get offended with men. Somebody shout mercy. Okay, so what are the things to do in order to stay to protect yourself from staying hurt in the church. Number one, avoid developing unreasonable expectations. Avoid developing unreasonable expectations. Yeah. Psalm 62 verse 5. My soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. But he says sometimes people go to church and the expectation is from the church. As I've gone to the church, my expectation... <laughs> Is that after 
after six months, I must get a, a husband or a wife. You see? They are looking for a husband or a wife. They are looking for a, a job. They are looking for a financier from the church or from within the body of Christ instead of from the law. Can you put a scripture there? Psalm 62, verse number 5. Let's read together. My soul, wait thou only upon God. Wait thou upon the pastor. Wait thou upon the church. Googleberg International Church. Wait thou upon God. Wait upon God. For my expectation, my hope, what I'm looking forward to is from, from him. Amen. So you must see God is God. You must be expecting your stuff from. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. You see, when you even get into relationship, every, every man, every woman wants security and every woman needs it. So every man needs significance. Security means tender, loving care. And then significance is talking about adequacy, respect, and admiration. Is that right? So you see that men are always, well, you don't respect. They want adequacy, his business to work well, respect. And then he wants also to be admired. For the woman, she wants tender, loving care. She wants a hand that will rub her back and say, okay, oh, hello, hello, honey. That's why the boys can, oh, that, that, mommy, for, hello, hello, mommy, hello, mommy, hello. <laughs> that's what, that, they like that. Security. They want security. There's, there's a house for them to stay in. There's food to eat. There's that, there's that. That's it. And you must provide it. But we must look beyond man and look to God for our security as women. And for the men, we must look to God for our significance. Amen? Yeah. Because if you look to that man, and then the man is not giving you that security. He doesn't got this, he hasn't got that. He doesn't do this and that for me. As I see my friend's husband do for her and all those things, then you realize that your, sec your security issue is becoming suspect. And that's why there's a problem. But if you look to God, some way, somehow, this God will take care of that. Yeah. And then when it comes to the men, to your significance, you know, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You are blessed by God. So your adequacy, every man, you know, feels when his business is working well, he, he whistles around. And women help the men to whistle around. Yeah, yeah. When a, man, when a man's business is not working right, it's like his wealth has become flattened. Yes. So it's better in a relationship, it's better for you to make sure that your husband's business is working better than your own. <laughs> yeah. Because for the woman, I mean, for the woman, it, it doesn't trouble her as much as for a man. Because when a man's business is not working, he feels emasculated. He, has, he feels feminized. He feels that he's like a castrated person. Has lost his strength. Yeah. Because man has put the headship, of, God has put the headship of the woman in a man. And he must be that responsible. Are you guys hear me? Yeah. So when your husband's busy, when he goes and then sometimes he's talking hey, hey, and all those things, be careful. Just don't be here. Something might have gone wrong at the workplace. Maybe the boss has shouted at him or he has, things, you know, he has not met his target and all those. And you too, you are coming to put problems. The moment he came, no, you are brought bill. 
You have not allowed him to re relax or whatever. He hasn't eaten whatever. No. <laughs> so now, now he will see you as a problem. Meanwhile, you are not a problem. <laughs> Am I teaching something here? Proverbs 23, 18. Surely there is an end. And your expectation shall not be cut off. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope the first makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a, it's a tree of life. So, where does disappointment? Now, what is disappointment? The failure to attain one's expectations. So, when you come to the church, avoid developing unreasonable expe what? expectations. Because when the, your expectations is unreasonable, you, you become disappointed. And we said disappointment means what? The failure to attain your expectations. So don't expect things from the church or the minister that they can deliver. Yeah. Don't expect that once you come to the church, the church will find you a job. As you come to the church, now you must get a, a husband or a wife. Thank God when you are there, you see, you came to church to look for God, not to look for husband and wife. Yeah. The primary reason for the church is, you know, for Christ to be formed in us and go. But then there are secondary things, which the, there's internal arrangement and other things, and marriages and other things take place, and business contacts and all those things. Amen. Okay. But when it's not happening, then people, when they are expecting, the church should have done this for me. The church should have done that for me. And once the, uh, the expectations are not met, they are preconceived you know, expectations are not met. They get, they get angry. Hallelujah. We are grateful to God for the light. Amen. And we said many expectations have to do with preconceived traditions which have come to associate with the church. Perhaps from another fellowship that we once attended or grew up in. You know, sometimes you are coming from a, a church that used to do certain things. And then you go to another one and they say, they are not doing ABCD for me. I remember <laughs> there's this lady whose daughter gave birth in the church. And she belonged to, that elderly woman belonged to a particular church where they have a very well organized women's ministry meeting. They make their contributions. And so when the women also give birth, the, uh, the, the young ladies deliver. They also carry all stuff, kinds of things. But every church and their emphasis. All churches are not the same. No, no, all churches are not the same. Emphasis are different. Just the, like when you look at the human body, the cells in every part of the human body are different. So the cells in your eyes have been framed for you to be able to see. The cells in your ears for you to hear. The cells on your tongue for you to taste things. Are you getting me? Yeah. And in the same way too, churches, even though it's one body, the Bible says we are different members. And if you understand the, you know, the members of the body, they are not the same. But at, at the end of the day, we work together to form, to become the body of Christ. So you can't compare church A to church B. Even the way we sing, they are different. The way we dance here, if you go to a church like Church of Pentecost and the elderly women are dancing, and you the young man, you are going to jump, jump, jump in the middle of it, they will carry you and throw you away. Because you are out of order. Are you getting me? And it's not because they are not being spiritual. It's because of their, 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 their kind of system that they have put in place. Amen. 
They've got their culture, they've got their values, they've got everything. You know. So this this lady, we did we, did, we went to do the outdooring or whatever. The mother was very incensed about the fact that our church ladies didn't carry things on their head. Just like her church does. But that is not her church. It's your daughter's church. And they were not even upset to the daughter and her husband. But she got so upset that she pulled the daughter out of the church. She made them become offended. And she got, she got angry. She literally got angry and said so many things about our church and left. But we too, there are many good things that we do in different ways. Amen. Yeah. yeah. There are some of the places, if you need school fees, nobody will mind you. Nobody will do it. There are many things. Nobody are going, is going to mind you. But they are, by the grace of God, we too have our strength. Amen. So, so when you come to the church and you, you, you bring all your burdens, my burdens roll away, my burdens roll, and you, you, are, you have so much expectation from the church, then that's it. See, the church is not primarily a charity organization or a social welfare group. Yeah. Our basic commission is what? The, the great commission. You know, and getting souls to be established in the kingdom of God. And sometimes people are even expecting things from the pastor. The pastor is not for that Christmas. God says in Jeremiah 3.15, I'll give you pastors after my heart who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So the primary role of a pastor is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. What does a, a shepherd do? The shepherd leads the sheep. He leads the sheep onto green pastures. So if you go to a church that the pastor is not leading you, you so giving you spiritual food, leading you to green pastures, and causes you to drink of the rivers of gentle stillness. Yes. He's not a distributor of things and come. That is on the side. Which by the grace of God also we do. And we don't have to even publicize it. Amen. But well, what's the point? What's the point in the, the I gave the you come here, yes, this, you this. That things we do in quiet. Amen. And the Lord who sees in secret rewards openly. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, rewards openly. Sometimes I'm just there and I see, I just say that somebody hasn't then I said, okay, can you just please take this? Can you go and give this to this person? The person even hasn't asked for anything. I said, I said. Go and give it this to Help this person. Go and take, take this thing to this person. Take that thing to that person. Yes, we don't. It's not. It's, it's not a problem. <laughs> so I'm. I'm teaching you how not to stay hurt. Are you getting me? Yeah. You can be hurt, but how not to stay hurt? Because some people they are, they are always hurt. And if you're always hurt, it's children who are who, who are hurt. Even children cry. They get. They, 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 they are through that. <laughs> Amen. So, occasionally people get disappointed because they find out that their church can't supply all their earthly needs. You know. And uh, so, they move, they move away. You know. But then, and sometimes they quote the the early days of Acts and say that oh, the church distributed things to the earth. But you, the Bible says that they sold their things and brought them to the apostles' feet and they distributed. Have you sold your things and brought them? 
You have kept your things. Yeah. Look at it. Acts chapter 4, 34 and 35. <laughs> so if, if everybody sells their things and bring them, then we can distribute. And that one, everybody's needs can, can be met. <laughs> but you haven't sold your things. <laughs> yeah. He said, neither was there any among them that lacked. He said, ah, you see, somebody will go and read this and say, none of them lacked in the early church. But how come that we are lacking? We, we are lacking because we are being selfish. Because Even when the offering, the, the Lord has blessed you in the church so much, when you are giving, you are giving, you are, you are, you are, some point you are giving. Yeah. Neither was there any among them that were lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the, the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. So have you sold your lands? Have you sold your house? Lizzie, I'm waiting for your house. Sell your house. Tell your husband that you came to church and there was a preaching. And they said to, to meet the needs of the church. Yeah, the early days, they sold their lands and their houses. So I, we want to go back to the early church. So I am selling the land. You see how your husband will land here. <laughs> Are you getting me? And yeah. And laid them at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. But it was because there was adequate resources. Amen. Yeah. Left to me as a pastor. Look, I will wish everybody here, everybody get married, have lands, have houses, will survive. Everybody you are building. But that's what I keep telling you, people. You see, those who listen to me. Eh? And, and I see what they do it. You don't need much money to build. You just need wisdom. Because Bible says, through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding, it's established. And through knowledge, the chambers are filled. Yes. Through wisdom. When somebody dashed me land, I didn't have money to build. You see, people get up and they talk by heart against pastors. I didn't have land. But somebody was urging me to come into the area. And so he gave me one mason and I became the laborer. And I used to go there. I would go and work, help him do some work. When, then after some time, then I'll go home, go and wash down and go to work. So we work up to a certain time, then I'll go. When I get some money, I'll go, I'll go over there, go and buy. I, I didn't hire a contractor. It's not every time that you need a contractor when you have not got into a certain state. Yeah. So pillar at the go, 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 pillar at the go. You should come and see me pulling wheelbarrow and then dress and then even there, even here. One Sunday after service, I said, "Well, let's do this." I was carrying the wheelbarrows, sand and mixing concrete. I am part of the people who did this. I had one mason, one mason and things, and we did this. Yes. We didn't need to go and get anybody. We did this because we needed it now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So let's move on to the second one. So re remember that it's not realistic to expect the pastor to spend all his time. Sometimes you, you expect that the pastor should be there for everything. Is that right? Yeah. The pastor cannot be there for everything. Attending every social program. Every funeral is there. Every, every 
uh, wedding, he's there. Every engagement, he's there. Hey, adoring, he's sitting there. No, 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 no. That's why he's got associate minister. And that's why we have got cell leaders and co to represent him. And he says that we'll give ourselves unto prayer and unto the mystery of the word of God. So when it comes to stand there, you can see that this someone who has been in the presence of God has studied the word of God to feed you. And then you also do the work of the ministry. Yes. Yeah. In fact, when you study the Bible carefully, you, find, you can even find out that he says in, 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 in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, he says he gave some pastors, teachers, evangelists, and their work is to train the saints so that the saints will do the work of the ministry. So the people, the pastor's work is to train you and you are the one to lay hands. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and co. And what was their work? Verse 11. For the perfecting, that's the training of the saints, so that they will do the work of God, the ministry. So you are the ones to do the work of the ministry. You are the ones to visit the people. You are the one that when somebody is not well, when you go there, you lay hands on them and pray for them and for them to be healed. Yeah. So the pastor is to train you. The pastor is a coach. <laughs> the coach doesn't go and play against the opposing team. The coach trains the team members and then they go and play. Yes. That's the work of the coach. Amen. Number two. Don't place absolute trust in people. You know that when you come to church. Jeremiah 17, 5. That says the Lord. Cares is the man who trusts a man? Jeremiah 17, 5. Can we read this together? One, two. That says the Lord. Cares is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. So, if you put your trust in man, Bible says you are cursed. I learned this scripture very early when I was young, growing up. God may use people as channels, but they are not your source. Amen. When, when you see, when, you, when you, you know this and you do that, you will not put your life in the hands of men. And you will not make certain mistakes. Some people even follow others, even when they are making mistakes, because they think that it's those people who put food in their mouths. Yeah. Thank God and appreciate people for what they do for you, but know that God is the source of your life and not men. I thought I would have heard a better amen. Yeah. Now come to terms with the fact that everyone is human. I said don't place an absolute. I didn't say don't trust men, but absolute. Someone say absolute. Yeah, the adjective there is absolute. M write it in capital. A B S O eh? A B S O L U T. Absolute. Absolute means totally. Someone say totally. Yeah, not totally. Totally. Where there's a vowel, where there's a vowel, there must be an inflection. Totally. Totally. You don't say harbor. Say harbor. Harbor. Tell me harbor. Anyway, for those who understand Habo, Habo. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay. So what does the scripture say? Uh, say, don't put your trust in man totally. Amen. 
you, 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 you have to trust people. But the trust must be earned. <laughs> Amen? Trust must be earned. Uh, uh, but you can't trust babies to do some things. Or even some toddlers. You say, your five-year-old guy, say, go and prepare me palm soup. You see the kind of soup you drink. <laughs> yeah. But probably you, you can trust that child probably to, you know, boil an egg or fry an egg, depending on their, their skills. But there are some things you can do. So you don't have to put your life in the hands of men. Eh? Absolutely. Someone say, absolutely. Yeah. Why? Because every human, everyone is human and has a tendency to fail you at some time or another. Sometimes someone says, oh, I'll come for an event. A problem, the person got too tired that he overslept. Oh, yeah, nipa. I remember my, my pastor's mother-in-law would always say that, so, yeah, nipa. That said, I've never forgotten. So, yeah, nipa. So, it's like, there's nothing that a human being does that is like, it's something that, yanti bida, or cannot be done. Yeah, it's, it's, it's human. So, human means, the word human comes from the word humus, soil, earthly. That means that somebody who is subject to making mistakes or can fall short. And when men sin, the Bible says, for all men have what? Sin and falling short. So every human being falls short of something. That's why when you look at yourself, you see that Charlie, there are some part of your body you don't like. And you hide it. Amen. Yeah. The very tall people you see that they try to bend. And the short people too high lawyers. Is that right? Those who think their face is something, those who want to bleach, they will bleach. Yeah, and those who want to santan will santan. Yeah, but people do all kinds of things because there's imperfection with the human being. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh huh. And so you don't. So the point I'm, I'm making is that a human being can make mistakes, not deliberately, not that they want to hurt you, but they may do something that you may not like. At a certain time that you are expecting them to do something for you, they may not be able to, you know, do it the way you expect them to do it. Amen. Okay. And so, do not put your trust fully in man. What you rather have to do is to love them. Amen. Love them. Trust them. But not absolutely. Amen. Not what? Absolutely. You are to love people. Bible says, oh, no one anything except what? To love. But after trust, it must be end. You, can, you have to love people unconditionally, forgive them unconditionally, but trust them conditionally. Yeah. That is why you don't give, it's not everybody that you give as your, as your doctor or as an engineer. You would let things break down and things like that. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. If you have somebody who went and drove carelessly, destroyed your car or whatever, you know, had accident with it, fine. You forgive the person. You love the person. But you don't try trust the person with your next car. Yeah. You don't trust. You say, oh, give me. Oh, give me. Yeah. oh, forgiveness. Quickly forgive. You must quickly forgive. And love. 
But as for trust, there are some things that when you give to some people and they mess it up, that's it. They must end the trust. They must end the trust. Amen. There are certain things when certain people do it. The moment they do it, uh, it's a red flag. Forgive them, but uh, they, they, can't, they can't get that opportunity uh, until you know that you know that they have learned. Amen. Yeah, until you learn. Trust. Number three. Don't expect any perfect church to be perfect. Sorry, don't expect any church to be perfect. Romans 7, 18 and 19. Don't expect any church to be perfect. I'm talking about how to stay in a church and not be, stay heads. For I know that, Paul said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh. So in the flesh, nothing good, what? Dwells. And don't you have a flesh part? For to will is present with me. That means I wanting to do something, it's with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. So here, Apostle Paul confessed that he was not perfect. And that he experienced struggles in his flesh to do the right things. Is that right? Good. So even if Apostle Paul admitted the fact that, you know, he was struggling, then how much more, you know, other Christians... So in the church, there are many people who are struggling. Amen? Struggling with stealing. Struggling with all kinds of moral issues. Struggling with lying. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. And our churches are made up of people like you and I who have imperfections. Amen? So when you come to the church, you must know that there's no perfect church. In fact, even if you join the perfect church, the moment you join it, you yourself, you know yourself. And once you know yourself, you know that you have entered the church with your awareness. Yeah. You know, sometimes you, you, you can be very buoyant, but there are times you don't want to talk to anybody. Eh? You have entered into a certain moody state. Yeah, you have entered into a moody state. You have entered into some whatever and all those things. You know yourself. So if you, if you have that kind of trait, another person also has that trait, another, so it means that in one way or the other, when we all meet, when we all meet, people will exhibit their own thing. Amen. Yes. Last week, I was in a service, and I was surprised that in an Orthodox church, like a Catholic church, and somebody was trying to lambast the, the, the priests, Roman Catholic priest who has studied Latin, has studied Hebrew, has studied Greek, has studied psychology, philosophy, all kinds of things. And the man was talking, and this lady was there and trying to address the, the priest. Then I said, This thing is everywhere. It's everywhere. Both with the black man and the white man. Amen. So there's no perfect church. Hallelujah. So, one of the jobs of the church is to help perfect the saints. Is that right? Like, so the church is like a spiritual hospital. 
So we say spiritual hospital. You see, those who go to hospital are those who are not well. And good healthcare workers know how to be very tender towards people who are not well. Because when somebody is not well, he doesn't think correct. Every sick person doesn't think correct. He's troubled. Maybe he's weak somewhere. He's wondering what is going on. What is this? It doesn't happen to you. So you go and then the, you see some doctor say, hey, what's wrong with you? And you say, hey! hey. He said, well, you alone? This? Hey! Don't do this! No, no, no. It's a bad doctor. Doctor, be over to Akume Biajano. He wants to kill you quickly. Yeah. And some of the nurses. Yeah. I remember when I was young. This nurse told me she had a NIMBY. I, I was not well. And I needed a chamber pot. <laughs> I was a little boy. The way the lady addressed you was well. Look, because of what that thing that, that lady did there, eh, I didn't like nurses. Green, those were green dress with a white band. Ah! And because of that, I didn't even want to go to hospital. Yes. That one was suffering. I remember one early morning. Then the lady came with Jeremy so I said, Nimbi. Yes. I remember that statement very well. Nimbi. It's been years. Fifty something years. I was I was young. I was like that. You see, when you tell the kids things, you think they don't remember. Shenimbi told me. She lacked the psychology of a sick person. That there's a need for tenderness. Are you getting me? And the church is a spiritual hospital. So we have all kinds of people who come to the church. Some want to smile, some don't want to smile. Hey. Some with all and it is it is a pastor's work to work on that. Sometimes when they show you the, the, the videos, when church service is going on, when now you now when you watch, you say, Charlie, the pastor is trying. <laughs> and it's not here alone. Sometimes when I watch some TV programs and go and I say, it's like what is going on? Some people, they are not part of it at all. They are in a different world. Hallelujah. So, instead of resenting people in the church for their flaws, let's be thankful even for the fact that they are trying to grow in Christ and to get better. Amen. Because as they come and we keep teaching and the Holy Ghost will work on them. Yeah. So, learn to love and accept people for what they are. Let me show you this scripture. Romans 15, 1. Romans 15, 1. We then, who are strong, eh, do, uh, ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Do another version. Maybe pro proper King James, let's look at it. They will come to NLT. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So, there are people who have failings. Is that right? 
Uh -huh. we, are, we are failing. And the real show of strength is a strong person knows how to help a weak person. When you are weak, you can't help the weak. That is why you must be financially strong in order to be able to help the strong. Yeah. You must be spiritually strong, prayerfully strong to be able to pray for others. That's why you cannot be a weak person to become a minister. That's why we take them through training. They say, come for training. Come for this. Come for that. Stand for hours. Yes. You see, what I do is because years ago, years ago, I could stand in a tractor for 24 hours. Yesterday, I was on a platform with somebody. And then the person mentioned how he said that, he said, you guys wanted to kill us. He said, we could walk for, in a day, over 40 miles into bushes. Yes. Being trained to be strong. And he says that we who are strong, so if you claim you are strong, then help the weak. Yeah. You don't use your money against the weak. You don't use your money to look down the weak. So sorry. <laughs> Bring it to the church. Help. So when you come to the church and you see some imperfection, the moment you see the imperfection and you think the strength, you, you are so strong that you have seen imperfection, then help them with the imperfection. That's why you are here. That's why you saw it. Ham was given an opportunity to see the father's nakedness, to do something, to cover the nakedness. So you see, when, when you receive strength, your strength is to cover weaknesses and not to expose it. Yes. What now, mommy? Oh, There's a problem with you. Your mother be multitasking, doing this, this, and maybe as she's doing this, she has even forgotten. And thank God you are going to see it. Instead of covering your mother, your mother is trying to warm your father's food. You want the food to be burnt so that your father will be angry and you show that you there, you are the nice girl. When I hear nice and you animal or daddy. Am I teaching you something here? Yes. So there's no perfect church. And so as you come into the church, right from the gate, when you see that there's something drop of papers and stuff, pick it up. You are not beyond picking things. When you go to the toilet and the place that you know, join, decide even to join the toilet cleaners. And you yourself clean it. Me, me as a pastor, I go and clean the toilet. Because I don't want to see, come and see my church members, come and see something. That, that's not nice. Amen. And when you, you even, there's something that you don't need, then somebody needs it. You don't say, because I don't need it, I won't provide it for others. Provide it for others. <laughs> yeah, there was a blind guy who had a visitor. And when the visitor came, it was evening, and then he put on the lights. Then his friend asked, but why have you put on the light? You can't see. And he kept quiet. Then he went to the kitchen and fixed, brought some tea and some donuts and things and gave it to the guy. And he asked me, why didn't he? 
He said, well, I don't need a light, but you need a light. That's why I put on the light for you. When we don't need the light, do we put it off? We do, do we allow it to stay off because we don't need it when somebody else needs it? So tell your friend, don't expect a perfect church. Amen. Think well about the church. Huh? Yeah. We have a saying that beauty lies in the eyes of what? The beholder. So imperfection is also in the eyes of the beholder. A person with a negative attitude can find fault wherever they wish. In contrast, a person with a positive outlook can always find the good and beauty in things. The well-adjusted person in the church should seek out the good and encouraging things as the Bible teaches. Amen. You see, those who dwell on the negative continually find fault with the church. <laughs> those, right, those who dwell on the negative or continually find fault with the church will eventually get hurt. So the what will make you get hurt or stay hurt is because you are dwelling on the negative or continually finding fault. And there are people who are always continually finding fault. Yeah. What you see is what you become. Second Corinthians 3.18. So as you come here, see good in the place. Amen. Even when the light went off. You know, But there are technical even America the place light go off. Yes, light go off. Went to a house in Germany and the people didn't have light. So see the good in the place. We all with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. What you look at is what you attract. What you keep seeing, you will become. Whatever you want to become, draw a picture of it. Keep looking at it, you become it. That's why they say that when women are pregnant, they shouldn't look at ugly things. And truly, too, there was a lady who used to work with on black pots. When she gave birth, half of the baby was black. Very dark. No, no, not, not, not like our dark, but charcoal dark. Dark. What you are, yes. What you see makes an imprint. That's why Jacob. When God wanted to show Jacob prosperity, he got him to get a stick, did the various design, the ring straight and go. And as the animals were eating and they were mating, those colorations and go and designs were embedded on their DNA. So what you keep looking at, you will become it. What you keep looking at, keep, keep looking at, keep looking at victory. See your children do well in life. That the seed of the upright shall be mighty. Quote this over your children. Psalm 112, verse 2 and 3. The seed of the upright shall be mighty. Wealth and riches shall be in their house. Quote Psalm 113, verse 7 to 9. He raises the poor out of the dust. I'm coming out of the dust. And leaves the needy out of the downhill. That he might set him among his princes. Verse 8. That he might set him among. So I'm walking among princes. Then verse 9 says, He maketh the barren woman to keep house. And to become a joyful mother of children. So I am keeping house. I'm going to keep house. 
I'm going to keep her. That means I'll be married. So see yourself married. Stand before the mirror and see yourself with your ring. See yourself pregnant. Amen. The pictures you hang in your, in your mind will happen in time. The pictures hang. He said, have you now become a, a, a psychologist and philosopher? No. Let me quote the Bible to you. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Have the right pictures. See the right pictures about your children. Eh? See the right pictures about your children. Eh? Go to Isaiah 54, verse 13. Eh? Your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. That's what you must say over here. My children shall be taught. They shall not be taught by weed smokers, by prostitutes, by, uh, by gay people. And lesbians. My children shall not be taught of the they shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be their peace of your children. Shalom. Nothing broken. And shalom. The peace they're talking about provision, protection, preservation, and promotion. Shall be the portion of our children. So when you see your children, you are seeing greatness in your children. Yeah. You're seeing greatness. When you come to the church, see greatness. When we started the church, I was the only person with the car. And I'll go to the car park and I'll be prophesying cars. I'll be prophesying cars. People that come here, I'm prophesying cars, I'm prophesying cars. And I had a German car. And so I started prophesying German cars, BMW, Mercedes, all those things I started prophesying. Then later on, Japanese cars came. I started prophesying Japanese. I started prophesying four wheelers. And people are four wheelers. So all those things that are coming from my spirit man as a pastor, as a, as a father of the place, calling them forth and calling forth marriages to take place and children. Oh. Yes. What you are saying will happen. Your tongue was given to you not to describe your problems, but to prescribe your solution. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established. The Lord told Abraham, what do you see? He said, he said as far as you can see, the land is yours. Yeah, what the land that you see? I Jeremiah, I say, what do you say? He say, I see the rod of an almond tree. You say you are well seen. I'll hasten my way to perform it. See, visualize, verbalize, and it will be actualized. Philippians four eight. Let me just do this. I've done only two. Eh? How about twelve? <laughs> So don't miss the next, next lesson. Let's read together. Finally, brethren, Paul was talking and said, finally. So I say, finally. He said, what things are true? What things are noble? What things are, whatever things are just? Whatever things are pure? Whatever things are lovely? Whatever things are of good report? Uh, if there be any virtue and if there be any praiseworthy, meditate. Think about these things. So it's a meditate. Say meditate. Yeah. We've got Norica here. <laughs> that means what he's saying that things that are noble, think about them. Things that are pure, to the pure, all things are pure. Amen. Think about pure things and you attract purity. Pure. Things that are lovely. When you think about lovely things, when you see yourself in a good, lovely environment, when you think about it, you will see yourself in a nice house, in a nice job. 
Yeah. Sleeping on a nice bed with a ni- where you have a nice wife. It's true. You can't get anything beyond your imagination. Eh? You want a scripture? Put your hand there. Ephesians 3.20 Unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or can what? Imagine. Imagination. What are the images? Imagination. Images from another nation. What are the images? Amen. So when as you come to the church, imagine that Charlie, I'm receiving the best from the place. See good things in the place. Nice compound. Nice church room. Church, the room has been organized like an aeroplane. With whatever. See, you don't see it. See the good thing. When you are in your house, see, you see, your house may be, a, your room may be a small room, but see good there. Picture good things there. Make the best out of where you are. <laughs> Amen. So, all things that are true of good report, think about these things. So, when you come into the church, see good things in the church. Yeah. And there are good things here. We are human, but there are good things here. So, see the good here. Amen. Does any pastor come and say here, you're something, something, so bring 2,000 or 1,000? Don't do that there. Nothing. There's nobody in this church ever seen we start that say, bring this, bring this, bring this. If you believe that we are your pastors, you want to honor us, that's different. Me, I don't even like it, especially when I visit somebody, no, then you are going to bring envelope, I don't like that thing. Anytime you want to honor me, you can bring it to church, but not that, so that you'll be like, I prayed for you, no, you are paying for the prayer. So, and when you condition yourself that way, so next time you go to another person who doesn't give you anything that you are expecting, that's where the problem is. Am I teaching something here? So, in order not to stay hurt, you'll be hurt. Half for hurt, you'll be hurt. Because Bible says that it's impossible that offense will, will not come. So, number one, how do you avoid offense? How does it come? How does offense come? Number one, hurt, which will, if it's not dealt with this word, anger. Then the anger grows into withdrawal. So anytime that you are withdrawing from somebody, and in withdrawal, you withdraw both emotionally. The three ways you withdraw is withdraw emotionally. So you can sit by the person, but you see that your body language has changed. Is that right? And sometimes I can see people, when they are drawn, even beloved or husband and wife, when there's a problem, you see that their body language has changed. We call it emotional distance. And then emotional distance can lead to physical distance. Because when somebody has an issue with you, he doesn't want to pass your way again. So when you see somebody who is to come to you all the time and go, now when he sees his pass another way, there's, there's emotional distance and then physical distance. And then there was a withholding of affection and favors. No more favors. Are you getting me? No more favors when you call. So you, the person used to call you and say, hello, hello, hey, hey. So, when you call, hello. Yes, who is it? Hello. Uh, so, who is this? Who is this? Meanwhile, they know the person. He said, who, who is this? The way he said, who is this? They don't say, say this. Who is this? You have become a this. Who is this? There's a problem. 
Number. So, how not to stay hurt? Number one. Yes. Eugen. How do you not stay hurt in church? I said offense will come. We draw out. The draw out leads to what? Bitterness. When bitterness is not dealt with, it leads to what? Retaliation. And then, finally, betrayal. Where you betray the person. So you see, when people come to church, they are no more interested. When they get, they won't put their hands on the work to do. They are always saying bad things about the church. They have got into a betrayal seat. They are offended. Yeah. And so, how do you solve that? Number one, how do you not stay hurt? Avoid what? On the, what? Unreasonable expectation. Yeah. One brother had an issue with another brother, business issue. They themselves decided to do the business. And then bad blood came in. They said they go their separate way. One says he owes the other. The other person says, You are owing me. Now solve your problem because we are, we are not part of the initiators of the business. Then this person gets angry whether I was expecting the church to come in to collect the money from the other brother. The church has become money collector. And because of that, he got angry. And bad mafias all over the place. Meanwhile, he used to stay here, go to toilet here, eat here, do everything here. The day he got angry, and not because the church administration or the pastors had done something against him, but because of the fact that he had an expectation that when he had an issue with another brother in the church, and even practically though he was wrong, he was still expecting that the church will forcefully collect money from the other person when we're not part of you when you are signing the agreements. So for what? Bad word, expectation. That's why I say that don't have unnecessary expectation from the church. The church is not a money collectors. Unreasonable. This thing. Yes. Yeah. And if you are going to do business with anybody you didn't involve me, please, when problem by men don't call us that daddy this one has done me go and solve the problem with the person if you start a relationship with somebody and there's a problem solve your problem don't bring us inside because the moment you go and talk to them no you third party one could be a mommy you are sided with this person so there's a problem yes. if there's a problem go back to go to your family that's what I've decided. I know one pastor. He said, You don't get me marriage something. He said, You don't touch her. Husband, you have a problem, go to family. That's where you started the thing from. Didn't you, did you come and do engagement? Whatever? Did you collect any diary? Who worried? Who did that? Are you getting a whole thing? Are you being blessed? Are you learning some principles? Yes. Yeah. Don't become a, a, a money collector. And that's why some people say, hey, Obi Duka, Behumi, Behumi. Magiscan will soon sum What a shock. Then the second one is what? Don't place what? Absolute trust. Please don't get me wrong. I didn't say I didn't say don't place trust too. Absolute word trust because nipa ye nipa. Yeah, human beings can make mistakes. Is that right? Maybe I'm even trying to say something, but probably the way I said it, my choice of words or something. Umi say nipa. Me ya boni an pacho facha me pa. Ye nipa wai. Usu ye nipa wai. 
into Baswana, Nipa, the woman, into Nipa, the Bitia, or Naiso. Nadia Chow will come there. The Lord bless you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word regarding offenses. We pray that you will be our helper. Help us not to stay hurt. Pray just in a second that in any way that you have, you have been hurt by somebody that in the church or hurt in life, that today you free the person, you release the person, you forgive the person in the name of the Lord Jesus. Talk to God. Just one minute. Talk to God in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. Yes. Forgive, 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 so that your sins will also be forgiven you. Have mercy, have mercy. Talk to the Lord. I forgive and release people that have hurt me. I forgive them. I set them loose. I set them free. In Jesus' name.